Are you ready for a great classic podcast? JBTV, the respected name in music TV. These are podcasts that no one has heard in many years. This is the JBTV podcast series, The Classics. JBTV. Hi, I'm Jerry Bryant here at the JBTV Podcasting Studios, and this is the JBTV Podcast. For 38 years, I've been doing the TV show called JBTV. I've had the unique honor to interview some of the greatest names in the music business and a lot of the great ladies that make up the music business. And one of those ladies is Tori Amos. You know, she started out in 1979, and uh, I caught up with her in the year... 1990, when she released her album, uh, Little Earthquakes. Uh, JBTV's been a great supporter of uh, Tori Amos, because we just love women in rock and roll. Strong women that know how to write, know how to play music. You know, when she goes on stage, she's so beautiful. Her music says a lot to what's happening now. You know, it's amazing how when uh, Little Earthquakes came out, there was this video called Crucify, that uh, JBTV played over and over and over. I've been looking for a savior in these dirty streets Looking for a savior beneath these dirty sheets I've been raising up my hands Drop another nail in Just what God needs One more victim Why do we by ourselves every day I crucify myself and another one called silent all these years silent all these years go by when I still be Great music from a great artist. And on this edition of JBTV, the podcast, I have Tori Amos. And I'm going to start the podcast out with two different interviews. The first interview is from the year 1990. And then the second interview, we're going to take you to the year 1994. Never was a cornflake Under the Pink was released, and in July of that year, Tori Amos came back to JBTV. You know, Tori and I, uh, we always had fun talking together. I went to one or two of her concerts here in Chicago. She is just amazing. She did a real special show at Chicago's Metro, and that was at the Upper Theater, the one that no one really knows about, the theater that's haunted at uh, the Metro. She did a private show there. And uh, then I went to, uh, I'm not sure where the other, it may have been the Riviera or somewhere, uh, where she did another show. Her name is Tori Amos. And the year that we did this interview was 1990. Her brand new CD, which is called Little Earthquakes. How you doing? I'm doing well. And you're going to be on this edition, so stay tuned right here on JBTV. So anyhow, this is JBTV from downtown Chicago, and I'm Jerry Bryant, along with Tori Amos. How you doing, Tori? Hi, Jerry. <laughs> so you having fun so far? We haven't asked you any questions or nothing yet. No, we're having a great time <laughs> hanging out in the studio. Uh-huh. You should show them what we didn't film. We should show them before this. What was before this? All the walking in and out, and her and her skirt and everything. Yeah? That well, was we don't want to bring up the skirt thing. Uh. Okay, well... <laughs> You know, people get the wrong idea. But uh, so we got the uh, record person over there, huh? So how long have you been traveling with her? 
<laughs> Linda flies in and out of cities. She flies into where they serve good food. Mm-hmm. We uh. had Italian food today. We'll have Italian food tonight. Mm-hmm. We'll have Italian food for breakfast. So. Is that the leftover Italian food for breakfast, or is that uh, brand new Italian food? Well, I haven't had Italian food for breakfast, so it's going to be a new experience. Mm-hmm. I'll call and I'll I'll call you and report back. He- And the fact you did it with all these little boxes and things? When we filmed this, they had me. It's the box inside a wheel. So you couldn't see the people that were wheeling the box. But it was an incredibly small space. And uh, I rolled around in that thing for at least three hours of filming. And it was complete turns. So that physically, what you go through, going through that... Mm -hmm. I really can't describe it. Finally, they decided to stop filming when I fell out of the box and they thought I broke my hand because I wasn't going to be able to play the piano, which really doesn't uh-huh. serve anybody. So <laughs> so no more uh, takes after that one. No more takes. And um, there's so much on film that didn't get in. All my pain isn't in that video. But that director, she's one of my best friends, and she always has to find ways of, I'm either hanging from cliffs or, you know, 20 tons of water is going to drop and blow me to pieces she just she gets such a kick out of watching me almost die mm-hmm. I don't know I think we were married in another life or something uh oh <laughs> who knows well I'll see you tune right now on JBTV great yeah. hi I'm Tori Amos on no. JBTV JBTV <laughs> let's do this again hi I'm Tori Amos on JBTV and this is my brand new video excuse me but can I be you for a while my dog won't bite if you sit real still I got the Antichrist in the kitchen yelling at me again Yeah, I can hear Been saved again by the garbage truck I got something to say, you know, but nothing comes Yes, I know what you think of me, you never shut up Yeah, I can hear that, but what if I'm a mermaid? In these jeans of his with her name still on it But I don't care Cause sometimes I said Sometimes I hear my voice And it's been here Silent all these years So did you have fun on that little part? That was a lot of fun Uh-huh I wouldn't want to be a video. This is very... Do you ever get nervous doing this? I mean, mm-hmm. being in front of camera, I got to tell you, it's a, it's a bit weird because you're trying to pretend. Do you ever... That it's not there, but it's really there, and all they're all through there, you know? All those people watching? There's only... See, but this show only gets like two or three viewers. It's your mom. Oh, my mother doesn't even watch this. How do you know she doesn't? Because she hates I, rock and I roll. I bet she sneaks and watches you. No, she I doesn't. I bet she does. Oh, no way. She sure? thinks this is like the worst thing. She says, I should get cut my hair and get a real job. No. Yeah. Does she really say yeah. that? Did you ever have that when you were uh, getting into music and everything? If I cut my hair, I'd look like Dumbo. <laughs> I these Why really didn't they huge cut your ears. hair? <laughs> um, actually, they wanted me to get a real job as in being a classical pianist. Mm. You know, very... Um, I don't know. Well trained. that Beethoven. Well trained, yeah. And um, so the people that eat stinky cheese and drink that expensive wine, and that uh, 
probably have clean underwear all the time, come and listen to you play. What fun is that? The stinky cheese, maybe. We'll keep that. <laughs> I don't like the stinky cheese part. But you know, I don't, but I do like some people that like stinky cheese. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But it's true. I'd... Well, you know, it's an acquired taste, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I'm still on cheddar. <laughs> That's all. Parmesan. Mm-hmm. And um, I think classical music is one of those things that a couple hundred years ago it really had a lot of passion but it's become passionless. It's so old now. It's been around. You know, I mean, it's like the classics. I mean, you know, how many times you want to hear, you know, the Who doing Won't Get Fooled Again? I mean, it's a great tune. And when it first came out, everybody said, get that crap off the radio. Because <laughs> it's, it's, no one's going to like this stuff, you know. Well, I think that if you lose um, why the people wrote it, if you lose that energy in it, then it's not worth listening to anymore because you've missed the point. And I think when they play that old stuff, when you hear Led Zepp in the elevator, you've got to lose your mind laughing because it'd be great on mushrooms if you heard it. But other than that, it's a bit hard to digest because... Well, I think the brand new uh, Living Strings elevator music of Led Zeppelin is uh, it's pretty good stuff. <laughs> well, I, I would, when I played bars at the Marriott, I would see how far I could get away with stuff. I'd be sitting there doing New Year's Day by U2 next to feelings because I really wanted to see if these um, these really closed-minded, polyester kinds of corporate yada yadas. See, I'm saying nothing <laughs> that can censor me. Would, would understand what it was I was playing because they would give me this whole right act about what I couldn't wear, no leather, no hairspray, no, I mean, it was really getting difficult there for a while, especially because I was in my uh, snake pants phase. <laughs> Plastic, but still. Mm-hmm. And so they were really into the feelings and the memories and all that stuff, and I would just go, oh. Dun, 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 the ice and snow doo, 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 doo. and they'd never know they'd really come up to me and say oh is that Aaron Copeland or is that something I didn't recognize and it would just be wonderful moment of victory <laughs> and then these guys all hit on you then after you're done playing and stuff is that what uh... yeah that was kind of part of it um, first you can't wear anything that they want you to wear right that was part of it because they had to feel like, and this isn't to be demeaning to them, but I think they had to feel a bit of the power. They knew that you needed the job, which I did. You needed to play that cocktail piano because um, that's all you can really do if you're not making records. You teach or you're the church organist or you play cocktail piano. Those I was a church friends. organist. Were you? Yeah. Really? A three keyboard uh, pipe organ what in did church. You play? Well, I played okay. all the all that church stuff. Did you play? Yeah. Like Four thousand tons to sing. And yeah. All that stuff? Yeah, but I got kicked out of church because remember, whiter shade of pale came out. Yeah. Did you play that? I played church? that wide open. I had I had that organ cranked. Did you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wish I would have been there for that. All the windows were rattling, and you had, I had all the pedals going, all the keyboards. I had every stop pulled out. You're not winding me up. You really did this. Oh yeah. Yeah, in was fact, your mother there? No, no, no. But the, the head nun was, and she said some very bad words. She oh. said, 
uh, well, I'll say it. I can. This is my show. I can say anything I want. She says, turn that fucking thing down. And right when no! she said, turn that, I stopped right then and there. And so those other couple yeah. words came out. Yeah. She really knew that word. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, they, they knew a lot more in the church. Oh, they, they knew so all about good. that word in church. Well, <laughs> even the nuns she knew about that word. Oh, yeah. In fact, I was a server, too. And <laughs> Why am I telling you all these stories? No, well, the, I'm a minister's daughter, so I do, appre- I do appreciate when the uh, institution um, shows its colors. Mm-hmm. No, I was, in, I was a server. I was the only one that showed up. All the servers didn't show up. And so I lit the candles, got the wine, all this stuff. I was a Catholic church and all this. And uh, so I, I, I go to, none of the priests are in the place. It's like five in the morning. Nobody's there, you know. So I go over to the head, you know, where the nuns are. I forgot, what is that called? The, the convent. Right. Yeah. So I go over there, and all of a sudden, a tile goes falling off of the top of the, the building, with those, those, those little concrete yeah, tiles. Yeah. And here is the father. <laughs> the priest is actually crawling out of the upstairs window. <laughs> Yeah, and by this time I already woke up half the place because I rang the doorbell, and so the, the one of the other nuns saw <laughs> what's going on, and it was you know that was the end of him. He was transferred that very afternoon, mm. you know, out to some other church, so he could find some other nuns to have uh, yeah, religious yeah. experiences with. Well, <laughs> and that's my church story. This is a church talk here on JBTV. I have a really good church story. You want to know mine? Sure. This is your show. Yeah. Can you say anything on this show? Anything you want. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had these friends, and because um, I was a minister's daughter, I had the key to the church. Mm. And they would get me to give them the key so they could go up into the steeple and smoke a little weed. Mm. Because they were getting caught and stuff, and it was awful. We were 13, 14. And I was always a bit of a nerd, although I had cool friends, you know, I still, I kind of was. Well, everybody was at 13. I mean, you know, there's just a few cool kids in school. Well, my friends were the cool kids, and they, I think we had grown up together for so long that I was like dopey in the Seven Dwarfs, you know, that's just the way it worked. Mm -hmm. But um, I'd get them the key, and they would go up, and we'd go three ladders up. And it was really a great experience to know that we were doing something that I truly think Jesus would have approved of. Because I think, and I always believe this truly, I say this from the honest part of my being, that um, the institution, my father and I discuss this a lot, he's a minister, and we, we agree on a lot of things. He would have nothing to do with what the institutions become about guilt and shame and repression, where people are afraid to express themselves, where they've divided the passionate side and the love side, and and you think you can't have love and passion, lust, we call it, whatever terms we want to use, instead of it coming together in this balanced way. That's why I did music, because that's the only place I felt like I could express this stuff. And you get so confused with these ideals and these belief systems. So... We did our duties, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, we grew up the old-fashioned way, mm. <laughs> without metal detectors and uh, <laughs> and all the stuff. I mean, it's really gotten bad in schools nowadays. And I mean, some of the kids that you know watch the show and they tell me, "Oh yeah, we were going through the metal detector at school, and this other guy shot somebody in class." And I'm going, "Geez, what a!" I mean, I just went. The hardest thing in school was figuring out lunch men. You know what you're going to yeah, have for exactly. lunch, and complaining about lunch then because it was the same. You know. You know how school food was. I know exactly how school food was. My mother always made my lunch, but it always got soggy. She really tried, but you know how 
the, the peanut butter and jelly, the jelly got through on the other side uh, of the bread. It's only good the first, you know, two or three minutes. No. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you got to, like, do it right then and there. But you I can't. always <laughs> wanted to share my peanut butter and jelly with Robert Plant. Oh, really? I always did, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So he did you have a chance to? Not yet. <laughs> well, he's on the show next, coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Well, great. Well, this is fun. Let's see some more music videos here on JBTV, the in-depth interview on this edition. And uh, we'll be back with Tori Amos. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, that's my company, Wexter Enterprises. Oh, But the show's now being produced <laughs> here. Do and we're going to convert the name. Sometimes. 30 days to JBTV. This is so fun. All the stuff that's really <laughs> real. Oh, it's, it's free for me. You know, I don't want to do a regular show. Nobody does that. Well, so you know, Mike yeah. and, uh, to me. You can ask me anything, you know. <laughs> Anything? Oh, well. <laughs> what about this? Uh... <laughs> okay, great. Well, welcome back. <laughs> hey, this show is going really good. Uh, this is USA Music Today, or is it JBTV? Well, you have to stay tuned week to week to find out. Right? Right, Bob? Right. <laughs> so, well, so I can ask you any question. Who designed your cover here? Well, Cindy Palmano is one of my best friends. She does the videos. I don't know about you, but this covers. is a, a strange back cover here. Well, we all know what this is. Besides it being mushrooms, we know that it's very sexual. And that was the whole point of it. Because uh-huh. we thought it was good fun that the box was really, really small. And that the mushroom was really massive. We thought it was really good fun. I mean, you know, we don't hide things around here. Uh-huh. I, don't, I never ask questions, because to me, the music speaks for itself. And, you know, you go on MTV, VH1, Letterman. Of course, mm-hmm. you were on Letterman. Now, you know, a couple of our bands that have been here on JBTV went over to Letterman. Toad the Wet Sprocket was one of them. And they, they didn't have a chance to talk to him. And so tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, I think that David gets so many people really wanting to talk to him and wanting something from him that um, you feel like you're invading his space if you do that because I've said this a couple times and I really truly mean that I don't think anybody's just ever talked to him just because he's David a guy a person which I think would be a really weird feeling because people don't know me like they I don't get that I I'm able to have conversations with people just girls in a bathroom talking about what kind of lipstick you use that's a great feeling Instead of... David and the girls in the bathroom. Well, no, I don't know about that. But it's just, I think, um, a strange feeling for people to want stuff from you all the time. So I don't know if anybody's just wanted to hang out for that reason alone. Well, he's got that girl stalking him, you know, that one girl that keeps... Uh, well, and that, I think she wants to hang out with him. That well, seems to be... Uh, obvi- yeah, she wants to, I think, do more than hang out with him. And I think mm. that that's pretty spooky. Because... I can't imagine that happening. I think that you just feel so... I mean, that's really spooky. That's like one of those movies that... Those people shouldn't be excused to do that. Yes, it's a free country, but they're crossing boundaries. I mean, what if you had some chick stalking you 24 hours a day? I know you're going to say, depends what she looks like. (laughs) But what if you didn't like what she looked like? Oh, you mean that one? (laughs) I mean, you know, really. And uh, I don't know. I still think that, uh, you know... Very interesting mushrooms here. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't know those were mushrooms, though. Yeah, they're mushrooms. 
I realized that was that uh, I didn't uh, I couldn't tell what they were. No, they are mushrooms. Mm -hmm. That's um, a very late 19th century drawing, if I'm correct. And she was taking pictures of these in Devon, which is in the UK. She was taking pictures of these live mushrooms. And she came back into me, and I said, "What, what are you? You what have you been doing?" She said, "I've been taking these pictures of these mushrooms." And I said. What kind of mushrooms? And she couldn't stop giggling for ten minutes. I mean, she was just having the greatest time. So, so I guess we figured out what kind of mushrooms so they could we be. We just decided that we had to share this with a few people, mm-hmm. and that you did. What other tunes on on your CD do you think that uh, people should Plus check out? Plus, it was out? called Little Earthquakes, and we couldn't resist yeah. Little. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in America, we're having uh, more than Little Earthquakes. Yes. <laughs> I know. Hopefully not as we speak, though, you know. No, well, this wasn't, I'll tell you, when I was experiencing these, writing these songs, I felt like my guts were walking around. I was watching my intestines just kind of standing there like eels dancing up in front of me. And um, not to get gross on you, but I think when you're going through stuff emotionally, you feel like all your body parts are just out there. What's so emotional about all this? Oh, I don't know. Just some trauma. Trauma? Just a little trauma? <laughs> <laughs> but we're work- we've worked through it mostly. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'll ever have anything to write about again. <laughs> <laughs> I think i got to go into something else, maybe cooking or something. <laughs> well, we heard that the Marriott needs a uh, classical pianist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. So we hear you're a big star now in, uh, in England. Um, I mean, everywhere you go, it's all, you know, you're everywhere. Well, people are listening to the music. I, I've been doing this for so long that I, I don't know, Big Star is kind of like a bit of an eye roll just because... You've got to work all the time. You never have time well, yourself. <laughs> I think, but you know, the funny thing is it's great that as musicians, people put us on, we have magazines about us, but it could have been scientists, you know, Rolling Stone could have been about physicists, and they could have had their open chests and stuff with their little microscopes, and it it could have really been, Mm -hmm. they chose music and they chose film, but they didn't have to do that, they could have chosen any profession, really, when you think about it, and 200 years ago, it wasn't, it wasn't about that, it wasn't, it didn't have all the glitz and the, uh, this means you're somebody. I think that gets really tricky because I know a lot of people making records that thought that when they put it out and got recognition that that meant fame meant they were somebody. That doesn't mean you're somebody. That means that you just get your picture in a lot of places. That's all it means. I mean, if I only have an hour, I'm going to go to another restaurant. Mm -hmm. I'm really into eating. But I burn a lot of energy mm-hmm. because... Are you coming to my show tonight, by the way? I'll definitely try to. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think you would enjoy it. I wouldn't... You know, I really respect people's time. And I'm not saying this just to say this because I don't, I don't have to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's just me and the piano. And I think it's a pretty interesting hour and a half because it's, you won't fall asleep. I guarantee you that. I'll buy you a cappuccino if you fall asleep. <laughs> well, I don't fall asleep easily. I don't think you would. <laughs> so, but I have to eat to sustain this energy because mm-hmm. when you're playing, you know, you, there's hey. nobody else. There's no drummer. There's no... Now, have you tried, like, deep dish pizza yet? 
No, I haven't tried. I like thin. Uh, do you like pork chops and stuff like that? Steaks? Because there's a great rib place here. It's Carson's. They got great ribs and stuff. Really great. Yeah. Right? Well, I know I'm into Italian food is my very favorite food in the world. Well, then there's just so many restaurants. I'd almost consider being with an Italian man just to get the food, but I understand that it's the woman that makes it. <laughs> so, um, well, there goes I your career. I think I have to go out with his mother, too, and I've had enough of that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, well, the mother's good to have around, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Especially when they live in the house. That's even the best part. That, that one is... I don't want to incriminate uh, myself because it's not like I can't get along with mothers. But, you know, I do have a thing about mothers and sons. And there just comes a point when you have to have a separate life. And when um, mother doesn't have to know how loud he screams. Oh, he screams? <laughs> Well, one would hope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you said this isn't. I mean, this is an open show, and this I think we said we're not ashamed to talk no, about. That's no. a beautiful thing. For a long time, people. When I think a lot of times we wondered, did our parents really make us? Did they really? Because you just go, I don't know if our parents would ever get down to that. Well, I never thought they did. I, you know. Yeah, but they did. They really did. So. At least once. <laughs> <laughs> At least once, yeah. Uh -huh. Especially after marriage, I think that's probably what it ends up at, right? I know. Well, but I would like my kids to be able to feel like, yeah, my parents are in love. They really love each other. And they're romantic, and that's not a naughty thing. That's nothing we have to be ashamed of. So we'll see when I have kids. I mean, I'd, I'd like... I think I'll live that because I can't imagine staying in a relationship where I'm not in love. I'd rather <laughs> be alone. I don't mean to get too. Am I getting heavy? I'm getting. Not at all. This is <laughs> this is what people wanted to hear about. I mean, you know, this is what we're here for. Well, what else do they want to hear about? Um, I'm certainly not going to ask you all the stupid, dumb questions that everybody asks. I mean, I'm you, glad. how many? The top five. I always ask everybody this. Though so this is my easy question: is what are the top five things that you're always asked when you go on these things? I'm always asked, "What do you think of being compared to Kate Bush?" Then I'm asked, um, "So, do you like being compared to Kate Bush?" Then I'm asked, um, "Do you know Kate Bush?" <laughs> <laughs> then I'm asked. What's another big one? Oh, they always ask about my father and if he pushed me to become a musician, which he didn't. He did go to bars with me when I was 13 years old. He chaperoned me because, um, you know, we were having it out then, as fathers and daughters do. And it came down to if we were going to have any uh, communication, I really think... He knew that if he didn't support what I wanted to do, then we would just not speak for maybe many years, except how was school, how was dinner, and that's your relationship, which is not a relationship. So he chaperoned me to these clubs, and the first club was a gay bar mm. in D.C. And he uh, really was non-judgmental about it. For a Methodist minister, that's, that's really... Um, I'm proud to say that because a lot of church people can get really self-righteous to the point where you see they lose the whole point in being what is Christianity or what is being 
acceptance and so did he have fun at the bar is what we want to know well <laughs> he got hit on more than I did that's ah. for sure so he didn't have to worry about me getting hit on and he handled it quite well very proud of him and what did the mother say about this well my mother was away in North Carolina when um, visiting oh. her parents when he took me down so when she got back we were in full swing and then she came too so they made it a date and they came and would chaperone me Till I was 15, then I was old enough to go by myself. Mm -hmm. I was an old pro by then, you see. Oh, really? Yeah. So you started out real young? 13 playing clubs. Mm -hmm. Two and a half playing and then studying at five, and that didn't go very well. Nice. Do you have one of those little toy pianos, you know? No, I always had, I always had a big, massive piano. <laughs> I always had the real thing uh -huh. because um, my brother and sister studied, so there was a piano in the house. And I think if it would have been a toy piano, nobody knows if you can play because you, it doesn't make the same sound. It's not a piano, really. Mm -hmm. It's for people that can play. And I really needed a, a true instrument. So I'm lucky that they played. <laughs> the story of your life here, she needs a yeah. true instrument. And I guess that explains the cover. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry. Hey, well, you know, that's that's all part of being a host of a show like this, which is freeform alternative music. Show the face of our friend. Show the record company. Uh, she's going, I don't believe this interview. I'm on the plane for this. <laughs> <laughs> She'll love it when it's edited down and all put together, you know. Yeah. yeah. We have to keep her in there a little, though. Yeah. <laughs> so she's a little dark there, Benton. Can't you get her a little brighter? That's okay. There we go. <laughs> there, there we she go. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Our record reps. Yeah. Where uh, you're going to guarantee tons of CDs, right? As long as you guarantee. Now we're now. What kind of camera is this here? Too many controls. Well, this is a new camera. We're learning, so that's good. Well, it's it's an updated old camera, so it's the same old camera, but it's a new camera. Oh. Does that make any sense? It's like a piano that uh, is a new piano versus an old piano, but it still has the same keys, you know? Okay, I've. I'm going to try and follow. <laughs> well, you're doing a good job at it. What other music do you like? Um, if you wanted to see a video right now, which one would you like to see? Well, I don't have a television, and I've been gone for... I've been in the a, UK How can you live without a, a TV? I know. I'm getting, I'm getting it sorted. I'm getting uh -huh. one. So I'm not up on anything. I'm a bit behind. Um, I'll play something for you special right play now. Play something that you think I'd like. Okay. You'll like this. Okay. <laughs> here it is on JBTV, a special for Tori. So anyhow, it's Jerry Bryant, Law and Tori Amos here, and uh, we're talking about life, religious experiences, your album cover, David Letterman. I mean, what else should we talk about that would be fun? Um, let's talk about... Let's talk about where you'd go if you could leave your studio room oh if you could go anywhere <laughs> scary questions <laughs> well where there goes the rest of go? my life <laughs> no where would you go where would i go yeah. someplace warm i like to go someplace yeah. warm i like yeah I, I don't like cold weather i'm gonna i'm gonna do a concert in iceland that's one of the most i have a week where i'm going to iceland and i'm so excited because mm -hmm. i'll be there in the midnight sun Ooh. i'll be there for a week playing and i've i've never been i think i was a viking in another life not to imply that they were Vikings, but I have this thing about the midnight sun. Mm -hmm. And you're wearing one of those funny suits like Madonna would wear then? 
No. <laughs> you know how those Viking suits are? You know those things they wear? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't know what my connection is. I think I was a male Viking, though. Nun pelts. Yeah. So you believe in, like, reincarnation and stuff? Yeah. yeah. I, that only makes sense to me that you have lived before. But I think everybody has their own ideas of what that is. But yes, I absolutely have gone to places where it's so real to me that um, I can almost tell you what it used to look like. A lot of people have that. They might not recognize it, mm -hmm. but they're drawn to go to a place so much so that they have to go there. They have to be there. And um, they It's like the deja vu flashes. stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, deja vu, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you go somewhere and it's just, you know, well, I've done this before. That happens to me a lot. Yeah. yeah. I have deja vu every 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you're at the Marriott yeah, going, I'm yeah, going to be out of here yeah. any day now. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yes, I know that very well. <laughs> so where are you all playing? You're playing all around the country right now? Oh, I'm, I'm doing um, most of the country, as much as you can in three and a, in th the three and a half weeks. <laughs> and almost every night playing. Then I do Australasia and do Europe again, Iceland and Israel. And I'll be back in the fall doing a fall tour in the States. Bit bigger venues because um, we'll, bring, we'll bring a light show next time. I'm not gonna do a band for this record, just me at the piano, but I will. I'll spiff it up and bring a light show next time. <laughs> Yeah, get some of those fancy strobe lights. Some yeah. of those little lights, little cigar smoke. The way, the funniest thing, this is for your censored show. This okay, is okay. uncensored show, right? Okay. There's this, I have a wonderful German promoter, and he has um, an assistant that works for him. And she's wonderful because she's a rock chick. And she goes, uh, Tori doesn't want the fuck. Doesn't want to fuck on the stage. And everybody's going. I'm just standing there wondering what's up. And there's some very attractive men sitting there. And you get a little shy when this is going on because you I don't know you what can the figure out what's up here. Yeah. And, and uh, she's saying, I said, no, Tori doesn't want to fuck on stage. She doesn't want to fuck on stage. And we're walking away. Just uh, the tour manager, he's British, said, um, so what was this about? Tori doesn't want fuck on stage. And she said, she doesn't want fuck on stage. It hurt her voice. And he said, oh, you mean fog. <laughs> fog. Fog. And it's just, oh, God, I can't keep up with it. Well, that's a hard one. Yeah, I could see where that would be a... Um, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's my big story. <laughs> I have to tell. Uh, thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank you, Jerry. Did you have fun? I had a great time. Yeah, is this a relaxed or a uh, difficult interview? Very relaxed. Uh, that's good. <laughs> but you know that. Well, yeah. Very I, relaxed. <laughs> well, I got you know I got to tell them that you know. It was very relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. It's fun. <laughs> okay. Are we all done? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Now you got to go to a sound check. I know, right. but I know how to do that. Yeah. This is just gets a bit spooky. Yeah, this is easy. This is the easiest you'll have to do. Well, in all America, this is as easy as it gets. Thank you. <laughs> thank oh, you. That was great. You're great. Thanks. Here, I'll, give you, I'll give you that. <laughs> you know oh, what to do oh wait, that. we got to have you sign the guitar oh, real God. quick before you leave. Here we go. Here's the guitar. And does this work? This, um... 
So you had Toad the Wet Sprocket and Peter Murphy oh, great. was just on there live. Did you ever hear live? No. Huh? These are great but groups. I don't have a TV. You know this. I don't know what's up. you got to get a TV. I have, I've been gone for so long. Well, welcome back. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading E.E. E. Cummings. I'm back in the 30s. I'm back in the 20s. Oh, well, that's a, That was a great time. But it's been a good time. We've really had a good time back then. Yeah. They all say hello. <laughs> you do a damn good show. Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You're great. As the JBTV podcast continues, that was Tori Amos back in the year 1990. And uh, that night she did just an amazing show. What a, what a great artist. We had uh, such a good time in the studio. We had a lot of behind-the-scenes things, so on the podcast it was sort of here, but we had the record people on the side watching this interview, and uh, I don't know if they knew what was going to happen and what we were going to talk about, but uh, everything turned out good. Now I'm going to take you to the year 1994. Here is a Tori Amos on our second interview here at the JBTV studios. Remember, these shows were made for television, so sometimes you'll hear we'll say things like, oh, stay tuned for more, at which point I would play a whole pile of music videos and things, and the Tori Amos interview would probably be scattered throughout a four-hour period where I'd play all of her music videos, and then I'd play other artists and things. Uh, you know, JBTV was a television show for the people, by the people, all about music and musicians. So uh, whenever I'd have a female artist on the show, I'd show other videos from other great artists like Joan Jett and people like that. You know, the, the idea of programming a television show was to program a television show for the people where things would flow. You know, back in the good old days of radio, um, we would be able to mix things together and different radio stations throughout the country because they were all mom and pop radio stations you know they would be able to blend the music you know if the weather's weird or whatever or a special theme you know it was a more personal thing made for you the listener and that's what JBTV was all about for the past 38 years okay enough of me talking uh, let's take it back to the year 1994 at the JBTV studios with Tori Amos as the interview continues of course. <laughs> I think we are, aren't we? I hope so. See how greasy I look all the time, I tell you. We have some good audio here. Yeah? I think we're rolling. Yeah, this is a totally freeform show. You know, all those other things you've been doing. And all the questions they ask you, you know. I know. <laughs> None of that it's, here. It's a bit uh, difficult. Should we use the same mic? No, I can. Uh, well, if you don't want to hold one, whatever you're comfortable. Let's use yours. We'll okay. Is that okay? We'll switch Absolutely. back and forth. I'll take care of all the business then this way. Yeah, good. <laughs> so it's so great to see you again. It's been, what is it, two years now? Two years. And your music is touching so many people. I've turned on so many people to your music now because they say, you know, that alternative stuff you're playing is so weird, you know? And I go, but no, there's like Tori Amos and these artists and uh, so everybody will just, you know. <laughs> well, it's been... The live shows make it more complete for me mm -hmm. because you have that personal contact. Um, I've already done 70 shows. 70? 70 since oh. February. And uh, I've got, I think, 90 left. I'm doing six shows a week, mm. sometimes a double. Like tonight in Chicago, I'm doing a double. So um, I don't know. I think you're either a road dog or you're not. Mm -hmm. It's either in your blood or it isn't. It's got to be in yours by now. It's in my blood. I think the truth is I never attain a certain 
feeling a certain place inside me except when I'm playing live. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't get that. It's not magic every night. I mean, we get through the show, but when you get those nights when it's magic, that's why you do it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's that one moment that only happens every few weeks, you, you know when that moment's happening and there's nothing like it. I know. I I see that because we tape a lot of shows, you know, a lot of artists. And some shows are okay, but there's some energy that comes out of the stage. It's really weird. It's yeah. like a psychic experience. It's really beautiful, you know. And you can't wish it. I mean, you can't say, well, tonight we're going to have this kind of... <laughs> I mean, it's not like I dream a genie and you go... <laughs> I mean, I wish it were. Uh -huh. But it's really... I think the fairies come and sprinkle something on your head and on the audience's head and the witches show up and mm -hmm. who knows why they come to Baton Rouge. I don't know. I mean, what, why? I've always felt that if you got the same people, everybody that shows up tonight, if you brought them back tomorrow night and they sat in the same place, it would be a completely different show right. because of what's happened to me before I got there, what's happened to them. Everybody, they shift my energy, I shift theirs a little. If I'm uptight, they respond in a certain way. And that's not always a bad thing. If I'm angry, sometimes they bring something back and it becomes this exchange. So every night is a whole new frontier, really. Uh -huh. And you're doing those new frontiers. <laughs> well, I, I would like to think so. Yeah. It's a one-woman show, just me and the piano. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really proud of that. Yeah, especially from the beginning days, huh? Did you ever think you'd go this far and, and be this good at it all? <laughs> well, I think you knew you'd be this good at it, but... Well, there are times when um, when I was really little, I knew. But when I got in my later teenage years, question, I huh? doubted. Yeah. I doubted everything. And I also doubted the power of the piano. People would say to me after the last tour, what are you going to do? And... I sat there once with a, a guy named Dave Stacy, who has passed on now. He oh. died this year. He was um, from there from the beginning in England. Mm -hmm. And he was sitting there with my manager, Arthur. He's only in his late 20s. And he said, um, why, why do anything? This is what you do. Right. Hello. He's like, hello, Tori. <laughs> this is what you do. You play the piano. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? feel the need to bring the band in if you don't want to do that live yet mm -hmm. just because you step up to 3,000 a night you find ways to keep it intimate you find obviously we did lights and we've really tried to go how do we not make it a show it needs to be like in your living room mm -hmm. but more like you're on a mushroom trip oh yes the mushroom trips yes <laughs> Because when you're in a room of 3,000 people, you need a little mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need a bit of that. Um, because I'm not at Shuba's, because it's not so close, I think that you do need um, visual enhancement. So my light man is just out of this world. He's a walking mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mushrooms. And the sound is fantastic. I mean, I made sure that I brought my own piano also. Mm -hmm. You're very picky about your instrument, aren't you? You know I am. Yes. I went through many Busendorfers mm -hmm. before I used the one that's on the album. I went through uh, loads and then had her um, modified 
to my own needs mm-hmm. because as a player, I, I have different needs than, say, Elton has. Right. I want different things out of my instrument. And she's in the desert. She's not leaving. She's happy in the <laughs> desert. But the show, the touring piano, I went through a few pianos. Um, I can't be consistent in my live show unless it's the same instrument. Right. Now, does it change from show to show even a little bit? And you must notice that, huh? Like with the humidity and temperature and stuff like that? Well, yeah. She, I think she changes um, when a cute boy shows up. Oh. <laughs> you know? So her strings get a little looser or a yeah, little tighter? Yeah, huh? <laughs> Hey, it depends on what she's eating that day. I mean, she is... Um, She's only a year and a half old, mm-hmm. so I brought her over from Europe. All the pianos are made in Austria. And she was sitting in a showroom in London, and they had shown me different pianos. And they said, this one's a baby. It's only a year old. And she was kicking me, going, get me out of here. <laughs> i got to go see the world. Mm-hmm. i got to see dudes. Mm-hmm. Get me out of here. And I don't want just one of those rock bands. You know? ah! I want a sensitive person. Well... <laughs> To be totally honest with you, a rock band is not going to play her like she's getting played. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know I think I'm Metallica. Please don't (laughs) tell me any differently. There is a level of, I'd like to think that, you know, your head gets ripped off. Mm -hmm. Even though there's rise and fall dynamically, as a pianist, um, it's not about being in the background. This whole instrument carries for an hour and a half. So they're... There is, um, I think, kind of no need for a band. She has to be everything. She has to be the whole band. And I don't think you miss... The most wonderful thing happened to me, which was Eddie Van Halen came to a show. And guitar players, I've always... As a pianist, I studied guitar players from Jimmy. You know, Jimmy Page was my, you know, guru. And... I would study them um, to not steal from the other piano players, to try and develop my own style and to go, God, how can I accomplish that feeling and translate it on my instrument? Because they're such different instruments. Mm-hmm. Piano is very orchestral and, and uh, guitar is very rhythmic. And obviously with all the things you can do with your big muff and plugging it in, you can't do with a piano but you do have this unbelievable sustain and with the Busendorfer you have an incredible bottom end the left hand is just it gets in your tummy and you know it's like the spaghetti you never had before and when he came backstage and just said well all he said was fuck which (laughs) made me feel really good and that he understood what my show was about and that it was a one woman show and that it didn't need anything else and that, to me, gave me um, such a warm feeling. It's like the ouch that I, that you have as a performer mm-hmm. was kind of healed a little bit because wow. he understood. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> You're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to tell you, I, gotta, I made a special tape. I stayed up late last night just so you'd have a copy of this, the show that we did last time. No. So your own copy. Fantastic. Although I added, I, re, I added the two new videos to it, you know, since oh, then. Oh, cool. Because then you had little boxes, you know, and you're in the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, such a good video. In fact, you have yet to put out a bad video, so, you know. Well, that's nice of you to say. Videos are very difficult. Yeah. 
But you've done a great job, you know, especially now the, the God video, you know, where you're with all those. Uh, all little, those rats, yes. huh? Yes. <laughs> but that's know. old news now to you. I mean, that's like. A <laughs> well, I learned a lot with the rats. Mm -hmm. There were 140 of them. And um, they would crawl under my skirt because they were trying to keep warm. It was very. Horny devils. <laughs> yeah. Well, the truth is, all they care about is pooping and eating. Oh. You know, that's all they do is poop and eat. But the rat wrangler said to me, you know, Tori, don't worry. They poop, but they don't fart. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. Since I smell like a rat sewage plant. I mean, you know, you have them all crawling in and they crawl where it's warm. So naturally they're going under the skirt. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there singing the song with like 40 rats under my skirt nestling in for the night. <laughs> And it's a bit of a weird one. Uh -huh. You're hitting notes you never thought you could before. Yeah, I, it's a, it was a different experience. But mm -hmm. you either have a problem with it or you don't. You either can deal with the little critters or you're just... Do you know my dearest friend in the world, Karen, who I flew in from London. She was my stylist on the video. Mm -hmm. She styles everything I do, all the... Everything. She's originally from Brooklyn. She's a really tough, stop, what's up? <laughs> and she works out of London. Uh -huh. Would not come within 50 feet of when the rats were on me. Oh, so she was scared to death. She goes, I love you, <laughs> but I'm not coming. Forget it. Uh -huh. So she stood on the other side with binoculars <laughs> looking. Is she okay? Straightener does that. Uh -huh. She wouldn't come in. <laughs> so some people obviously have a problem with them. Trent doesn't, though. Mm -hmm. Trent liked that video. He called me and said, the rats are the best thing you've ever done, Tor. Mm -hmm. And so. I like that guy. Who's that guy in the video? He does that thing with his head like, you know, it's like a, that, that older man, you know, at the end there. He's like dancing around. He's like possessed. Oh, yeah. Those are the fundamentalist Christian people we brought in. They're, they're actually... They're actually people we dug out of a trailer park. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're fundamentalist Christians, but they, um, they're actors. Is that one guy? He was like, oh, just he the way, was just. It was just incredible. It's like he was possessed or something through that park. Well, there, there. was a, we had a guy there that was very. What that was from this whole sect, mm -hmm. and he was um, grew up in it, so he was leading everybody. And teaching everybody and walking everybody through. The mistake was I hadn't washed properly after the rats before I started handling the snakes. And the snakes started to get very excited and, you know, constricting. So uh, the guy comes over and takes a whiff and goes, get your butt in there. You smell like a big rat. What are you going to do to my snakes? <laughs> Amazing. So I thought when I first saw that, though, it was related to your father at the church or something, you know, that you did all that. You know. Well, I thought my, that was like the same religion or something. My father is always in my work somewhere. Mm -hmm. I adore my father. And at the same time, he drives me absolutely loony. I don't all parents. I mean, I mean <laughs> <laughs> it's like that energy you get from the stage. Parents are they have that same kind of energy. Yeah. yeah. It, his church was not like that, although um, in the hinterland in Virginia, the Appalachian Mountains where he grew up, mm -hmm. there is that activity happening. And I have been exposed to some of that. But, um, oh, you know, there's going to be religion somewhere in my record because mm -hmm. that's what I grew up in. I, I went to church four times a week till I was 21. It's been force fed into every orifice that I possess. Yeah. So you know that I'm going to be talking about it. Yeah, me too. I was going to be a priest. I think I told you that last time. Yeah. Yeah. 
I played organ in church too, but you know. What an interesting choice you made. <laughs> <laughs> well, look what you've done. <laughs> From those days of your friends in the steeple up there and things, you know? My friends in the steeple. Yeah. Do you run into any of them now over the years? Do they, I uh... ran into one of them two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. She came to one of the shows and she's doing great. She's, um, she's finally come out, mm -hmm. which is very exciting. She, although she's married and has children, she's divorced. She's come out that she wants to be with women and I respect mm -hmm. her for that. And I'm supportive, especially because she comes from not such a liberal place. Especially after having a family and everything. Yeah. And that's, that's not an easy thing to do, no, I don't think. No, you know? but she's, uh, she's really happy with her decision and I'm just, I have a lot of respect for her. You gotta be true to your heart, you know, and, and your feelings. Cause if you're trying to live for somebody else, it's like, you know, when you went on tour, they said, well, you know, maybe you should have the band and stuff. And you're going, you know, the I music. I go, honey, <laughs> the band is for after the show. <laughs> <laughs> just for the party times. Yeah. <laughs> But I must say on your CD, though, when you have the whole band and everything going, you have those great little sounds you put in there. Yeah. You thought of all those, right? Well, Eric Ross, who produced the mm -hmm. record, is very involved in how it sounds. Mm -hmm. um, when I make a record, it's a whole different experience than live. Live is about I have to have free form within the measure. Mm -hmm. If I can't have free form within the phrase, then I can't keep going for a hundred and some shows I can do five mm -hmm. if I no one with no free form if it's like <laughs> this is the way it is with a band unless I've worked with them and work with them and we know each other so well that we can improvise on the spot um, I would feel completely confined yeah. because I slow things down I pull the reins back and then I speed up and then I you know because of where we are that night if it's if it's a sad night and these none of these are bad things for all those performers out there, it's not bad if it's sad. It's not bad if it's angry. It's not bad if it's giggly. It's only bad if there's a power failure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you could still go on in the dark <laughs> with, with a little candles. You'd still be playing. <laughs> I think I'd figure something out. I mean, it would definitely be different. It would yeah. be a different night with mm -hmm. Tori because that boozy would probably pick up. Mm -hmm. You'd probably be able to. Yeah, the piano, if not my voice. Especially in the nice theaters you play in. You know, They're you don't, good, aren't they? You don't like playing like a club or something. You do, but I mean, that's a little different. But when you play, you're playing like here in Chicago, play the Bismarck and some other theaters and stuff. And they're like, these are old places that have been around. And, you know, there's something about them. I don't know. Well, I think, especially with this show, it's acoustic. I'm asking a lot of the audience to sit there for an hour and a half to not give them a place to, if they're standing, right, they're not going to be quiet. They're, they can't. They can't listen to what's happening and they can't get lost in it. I really like the shows to be a place where people can come and bring all their monsters and bring their stuff. And it's freedom. It's freedom for, the, for them to go anywhere emotionally. Those places that you block off because they hurt. That if you're not sitting where you feel safe, you can't let yourself take off on this journey. Right. So it was real important that people have a place where they can come and it's cozy. And it's like, come on, let's bring out the monsters. We're, <laughs> we're diving in, folks. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, you know, we should probably show a few videos on okay. the show. Because, uh, you know, it's all yours, though, or somebody no, else? No, let's show, let's show a bunch of stuff. Let's show Trent, because we love him. Okay. Let's show the new one. Okay. 
right here on JBTV. And then we'll be back with Dory Amos. <laughs> Actually, we should see a Bill Miller video. Yes, we need to see Bill. Because uh, he gets very little airplay. And we did a whole hour with him. He came in and brought the other guys down and they played. And we looked at all of his flutes. He has all these cool flutes and things. And, you know. Having him open up for the tour changes my show. Mm -hmm. Because he, um, you know, he brings a certain medicine man right. energy with him. And people are just responding. It's so exciting to see the kids respond. Mm -hmm. Kids haven't been exposed to Bill. So it's really exciting. And the kids get him. Mm -hmm. The old farts don't get him. I mean, the people that are like <laughs> closed-minded and that, that the record company thought would respond to Bill mm -hmm. don't get it. Well, because when the record company thinks something, you it's know. Scary. It's uh -oh. scary. It's scary. <laughs> Run you know. for the hills. <laughs> Sometimes they're on, but a lot of times they just don't. Uh, it's very scary. Yeah. <laughs> Very scary. <laughs> Bit dangerous, those people. Yeah. Well, let's see some more of your videos now. I want to see like your God video, okay? Okay. And here it is on JBTV. Anything else you want to see or talk about? Or, um. Because we have talk about, we still have to talk about your new video, which I can't wait to see. Oh, well, we got to get that for you. Yes. Well, it'll be on this show. We'll work it out. Great. So we got to we got to work it out. Yeah. This video was shot in Spain in Arcos. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jake Scott did it, Ridley Scott's son. Mm -hmm. um, he's really, I think, establishing himself in his own right and will be a very powerful force mm -hmm. in the next few years of film. Um, he did uh, the Smashing Pumpkins video, one of their videos. Oh, the rocket one? Yeah, the black and white. Oh, uh, that's today. No, um, geez, now, now, now your question. <laughs> well, you, you'll figure it out. We'll figure you'll, it you'll out. You'll know. Yeah, yeah. And um, he did the REM with the, all the cars, the freeway. Oh, the freeway scene. That yeah, was yeah, a great fantastic, video. Huh? Yeah. So he and I were talking and uh, I knew that we had to make this in Spain or New Mexico. And I couldn't get back to New Mexico. So we chose to shoot in Spain. Mm -hmm. And um, he felt like when he heard Pass the Mission, it's really about refusing to stay a victim. Pass the Mission is trying so hard, this girl, to pass the mission behind the prison tower, whatever that represents to you. Pass the Mission, I once knew a hot girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where'd she go? Pass the Mission, they're closing every hour. Pass the Mission, I smell roses. I mean, there is choice. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, but I have to kind of, crawl there mm -hmm. and uh he felt that the resistance energy like an anamanyani the idea of this woman in an old village in spain a bit of the magdalene energy standing up against the men although it's a bit subtle subtle having all the women follow her mm -hmm. through the village that was the concept of the video and then i have a confrontation with a priest in the video. Had to get the religion in there again. Well, you, you know. <laughs> it, but that's all that energy. Right. Past the Mission does deal with that Magdalene Jesus energy. Their relationship and mm -hmm. uh, the passionate side of it, which which I believe is just completely cut out of religion. The whole, All of passion is cut out of religion because they've castrated Jesus and they made Magdalene a whore. So we're really in the toilet because of that. They're, that's why there's all this guilt. And the women have separated their lust and their love. 
so many women. You wouldn't believe like a dinner. I go out with chicks all the time and this division, it's like, well, I love him, but they're looking at his friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? You love one of them and you want to slam the other one up against the wall. Mm -hmm. So why, why can't these two be intertwined? There is a division. Mm -hmm. And this video, I, I really tried to go for that energy. Well, let's see it right now. Okay. Right here on JBTV. Past the mission behind the prison tower. Past the mission. I once knew a heart could help. Past the mission. The closing every hour. Past the mission. so great having you here again <laughs> you know and it's so happy to see how well you're doing you know i mean you're like on the radio all the time now i remember when we first met it Shocking, was like eh? it was like you're saying it's hard to get airplay because the stations didn't know where to put you you know what yeah. format and along came alternative radio yes which really opened everything up for totally. you totally yeah. they uh they have been just um you know, the cherries in the ice cream. Mm -hmm. They said, look, let's look at the content, not about style or volume. Let's mm -hmm. look at the content and what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. And alternative radio should be about doing things that nobody else is doing. Right. Of course, it is a format like anything else. I mean, new age is a religion. Don't fool yourself. Everything crystals is... Crystals and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, crystal suppositories, I think, they should do. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it, there is a um, obviously a structure. Mm -hmm. However, they've been open to, to what I'm doing. And it took a while, but that's a big step. But you stuck to it. You stayed with it. And you, had, you knew what you wanted in your heart. And, you know. and I kept doing what I do. Which is, I think, the main thing. You can't really chase after something that isn't right for you. Right. I, I, I believe in developing as a musician because if I hope the next record that I do is another place under the pink is very different from Little Earthquakes. Little Earthquakes is more diary form. And under the pink was more of an impressionistic painting. That's how I wanted it. That, oh, that's cool. Oh, Phone calls from our viewers. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Jerry. Hi, hi, Maria. I'm on my way. Okay. I'm just going to stop by and uh, get some stuff at Walgreens. Okay. All right. Uh, we're here talking to Tori right now. Really? Yeah, you want to say hi to her? Hi, Tori. How are you? Hi, Maria. How's it going? It's going all right. Walgreens has got loads of stuff, eh? What? Walgreens has got loads of stuff. You can get well, anything. You know, I woke up with a headache this morning, you know, so I got to take, like, aspirins galore, and I'll be over, and I'll bring some gum, some Trident. Oh. Okay, thanks. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs> that was a lady I met who never heard of you and said how alternative music, she hated it and everything, and so I gave her one of your CDs, and she called me up, like, the next day. This is incredible. Like, <laughs> Why does she hate alternative music? Well, she thinks, I don't know. I'd have to ask her that, I guess. I didn't, but she doesn't like the music. She's more into the classical and to the, you know, the finer music in life. You know. 
I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> but she was turned on to you and she thought, that's cool. which is good. So you got another fan out there. That's you know? cool. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see some more tunes. Yeah. Yes. What else would you like to see? Anybody, anywhere. Play me something that you think I'd like. Really? Really? Yeah, really. Oh, there's so much good music out there. Play now. me something. Okay. I'll play something cool right okay. here on JBTV. But we have a problem now because they wrote a special note and we can't find it. So I said, when Tori comes by. Oh, no, did they? Yeah. Amit and Dweezil. Well, hugs to them. When you see them, like, big hug. Well, hug them right to the camera right now. Okay, guys. (laughs) I have 90 shows left, you guys. So if you're, like, bored, come see me in Kansas City. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to play Kansas City. Kansas City. Wow. It's a big rock song going to Kansas Kansas City. City. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very into playing Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Have never played it before. I played most places. Boy, that would be one I would think you would, you know, there's some great radio stations there. KY 102. Phantom of the Opera was in the house that I'm playing. I couldn't play there because, um, (sighs) you know, I couldn't play the right venue. Mm -hmm. So now we have the right venue that we're playing. And you're not going to do it unless it's the right venue. Can't. Mm-hmm. You you can't. Because it's bad for the people. It's just a bad vibe. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't go through that kind of pain. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad show is excruciating. You know, it's, I it's, it's, it is. I can't imagine you having anything bad. Well, you know, you have your nights. Sometimes well, nothing just, nothing is working. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have my days just like. Yeah, I know. Everybody. I have a couple of those, too. I put the shows together. For me, it's a little different. It's like when you do an album. But you spend so much time on it, you're pretty confident of everything that's on there. Every week I do a show, and sometimes I, I play stuff. I'm going, geez, why did I do that? Why did I say this? You know, And you start analyzing what you do. Well, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Because it has to be, it was right for this moment. Well, that's... You know, mm-hmm. it might not be right for tomorrow's moment. Right. But for now, it's right for this. Mm-hmm. I try and change the set every night when I'm playing live. I change the set list. and um, Although, obviously, I, I'm working within 40, about 40 tunes that I'm shuffling around. <laughs> I try and make it different, like the doubles in Chicago will be different. Mm-hmm. There'll be a few mainstays, like, of course, I always play God. Of course, I always play Silent all these years. But then there are others that I shift, depending on what the audience is giving me. I'm so dependent on my relationship with them. Mm-hmm. I'm so dependent on them. Now, how has that changed like when you've been on the national TV shows? Oh, I hate TV. Yeah? Oh, yeah, because in a show, I have an hour and a half. We're taking a trip. It's like you get foreplay, mm-hmm. you get <laughs> climax, mm-hmm. and you get mm-hmm. cool down <laughs> or warm up again. And it happens again. I mean, whatever it is, or you get like, okay, time for peanut butter and jelly now, (laughs) which is like just as yummy. Mm -hmm. I think like peanut butter and jelly is the crooks of the biscuit of passion. And the problem with TV is I don't get a chance. There's no setup. There's no us getting to know each other. There's no tentativeness. There's no... So that when we finally do open our heart... Mm -hmm. We've worked for it. We've gotten to that point. Just for instance, a naked man who just walks in the room doesn't do anything for me. I mean, I might look at the calves and go, cappuccino ice cream. Mm. You know, I could be into that news. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But as far as 
re responding, I'm bored. I'm on to the next thing. But when I'm talking and getting to know someone and we're opening up and contacting on a mental level and on an emotional level, then the passion is 5,000 billion times greater because it's, it's about connecting with something in their cells, not mm -hmm. just a sculpture that's walking past me. Sculptures are okay, but, you know, I'm onto, I'm onto my pizza. <laughs> but when I'm, it's very much the same with mm -hmm. a live show. Right. Well, it's a lot different between men and women, though. You know, if a naked woman walked in for men, it's like, whoa, you know. Yeah, you'd be all in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for women, they have to have more, you know, I mean, which is great. This is, it's great to have women around. I'm, I'm glad that America and the world. <laughs> I'm glad that God invented. <laughs> well, it is a whole different. I mean, I do know women that can uh, just go think like an arrow it's that arrow energy mm -hmm. you just think and you're going but i'm not like that i don't get um my heart has to be involved or i can't respond i just can't i'm i know how you feel i'm the same way it's like because it's like when you do the, all this stuff you have to have your heart in it you know it's not yummy it's not yummy for me if there isn't an emotional pull going on whatever that pull is mm -hmm. and then there's always it's chemistry it has to be it has to be about what this person is saying and how they smile and what and that's what's making this this memory my memory banks are going god i need to breathe their breath mm -hmm. i have to breathe in this person so that's what I feel my shows are like. And if I only get like on television three One, minutes yeah. to sing, I'm rushed in, you're freezing your butt off, you sit down and it's like, okay, you're a puppet. Tori, mm -hmm. go now. And, and the audience and do it. <laughs> and it's like, okay, take the puppet away now. Mm -hmm. And it, instead of you're meeting someone for the first time, which I am at the shows, you know, we're meeting each other. Right. Maybe we've seen each other before, but we're meeting each other. And we go through the whole conversation. So it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. And you have a good relationship with everybody on stage. <laughs> well, with TV, I could see it would be because you come out there and like the audience is removed because you got all the TV cameras. Then you got all the, the guys sitting there, you know, like like the floor directors and, and they're like this camera and they're pointing and doing all that. And the audiences for the most part, they're not anything like the audiences that come to the concerts. Mm -hmm. It's not my crowd. Mm -hmm. Well, they're primed, you know, like before they, before they even see you, they say, okay, now when that sign goes on right. <laughs> or when I do this, a lot of noise, a lot of applause, you know, and they go, okay. <laughs> it's, and they're there to see the, um, models mm -hmm. i mean a lot of those people have come truthfully to see the actress that's speaking that night or the supermodel that's coming on or the superstar mm -hmm. singer well <laughs> usually not though jerry i mean the, the audience usually doesn't come to those tv shows for that mm -hmm. also the crowd that is interested really in music for the most part i mean there's some that will make the effort and it's always good to have some support when you're doing it mm -hmm. but for the most part the people that come to these kinds of shows aren't going to the tonight show or the late night 
over with David. It's it's a whole different. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different. But uh, you still have to do those, though, and you know. Hey, you you know it's you got to do them, and it's exposure to people who would never know that your music existed. It's mm-hmm. important. It's it's definitely important. Yeah, I was so I was excited because I didn't know you were going to be on one of the shows. I forgot it was Letterman or, yeah, or yeah. one of them, and I'm like, tuned right. Oh God, Tori! I'm like, <laughs> it was just great, you know. But I didn't notice. To I me, mean, to me, it was just as good on television well, that's good. as you are, you know, on your videos and and everything else. Although tonight's gonna be my first live performance. Oh, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, last time I tried to go, the last two times I tried to go, but it's like I'm always working on the show. Yeah. So I had, I said. This time I'm going. I don't care what. Now that I hear that Bill Miller's on too, Fantastic. oh, he is just. I just encourage anybody to expose themselves mm-hmm. to him. And he was an artist that nobody wanted to do anything with. So we had him on the show. We I didn't put a even whole. Understand. You, and, and to me, you got to take music, like you said, free form. Here you got this this set of standards that you want to live by, but you got to have the freedom to go in there and you know. I should get a dub uh, for the Bill I Miller show. That. Because we played stuff, and he played here and did things, you know. Yeah. yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. This is incredible. <laughs> what a great show we got here on JBTV. Although I'm getting pretty shiny. I, I, I am the shiny host on television. But that's cool. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's shiny time. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, some of those, those uh, famous late-night guys, they keep those studios so cold because they don't want to be shiny. Mm-hmm. Well, then they got the makeup people every two minutes. They got too. people coming in. They they got stuff happening. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this show is just this is as low as you can get. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I mean, look at this. We got the smallest studio. We got all of our viewer artwork up there. Look all the stuff the viewers said. Oh, that's to us. so good. Yeah. What's the? Are those chilies? A chili. A rock explosion. And those mm. are just pictures that people did. No, but is that a chili? Oh, like chili peppers. Are those chilies or fire know. or? I have no Something's idea. exploding. I have no idea. Chris is getting a good shot of it, though. And then we got our little stoop and our little uh, puppet guy here. Oh, who's that? That's a, a thing that uh, Chris's father made. It's a puppet that, uh, or was that a puppet or it's marionette? marionette. <laughs> got to get my uh, yeah. philosophy correct, you know. <laughs> and he needed a name, and Dweezil's apple gave him a name. Steuben. Steuben. Mm-hmm. Where did Dweezil come up with that? I have no idea. But they're doing good. They got a real nice video, too. I haven't seen. Let's play that. Okay. It's a little heavier, but they got two versions of it. They did a little more alternative one. So let's see that one. Okay. Right here on JBTV. Dweezil and Ahmed Zappa, the famous Zappa brothers. Then we'll be back with Tori Amos. (laughs) This has been so fun. It has? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. (laughs) You don't just get to hang out with people anymore. You know, just hang out and have a conversation, and you feel very uh, on the spot a lot of times. Especially with the questions, too, because, you know, a lot of the people on television really don't do anything with the music, and then they're given, like, someone says, well, here's from the bio, and then they start asking those standard things, and it's like, and I look at the interviews, and I keep hearing the same questions and the same kind of answers, and I go, I don't want any of that on the show. You know, so sometimes my viewers, you know, they like a little different side of the artist versus the traditional things you hear, you know. Unusual. Unusual. Mm. You know, and I'm glad you had a chance to come down. Thanks, Jerry. uh, I got it. You just put someone in So good to hug you. (laughs) She is so great. See, everybody out there, Tori Amos. (laughs) So any final thoughts? Oh, one thing I got to ask you a question about, and I don't even know if you want to comment, the O.J. Simpson thing. Has it affected you at all? I mean, have you been addicted to it like so many other people have or been following it? Or 
No, I'm aware of it. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it's all really sad. Yeah. I think it should make people think about, it makes me think about, you know, we look at other people and go, God, they've got such a great life. Instead of going, well, hang on a minute, everybody has to be responsible for their actions, right. no matter who you are. You've got to kind of deal with, well, hang on a second. How much is enough? How much fame do you need till you're enough? How much money do you need till you're enough? And sometimes it's not enough for some people. Well, and he had everything. I mean, you know, Look, millions of dollars, a beautiful he, home. He had everything except self-worth, mm -hmm. except being enough. Because, you know, we all get rejected. I don't care who you are. If you're me, if you're you, if you're him, if you're Nicole, you everybody deals with rejection. We all do. We get it. And so you have to learn, well, hang on a minute. Am I going to go uh, beat people up because I didn't get what I wanted? There's mm -hmm. this needing to control other people. It, it's... Um, it's a very strange thing that doesn't get talked about a lot. Where does this come from, our need to control other people? That we think that we're not enough unless we can control them. We need them to tell us, you know, we're big. Mm -hmm. We're the big guy or we're the powerful woman. It's like, hang on, because there are a lot, there are some women that are like that. You know, they're, they treat their secretaries like dirt. Or maybe the man in their life. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> they try and, you know, berate well, him, emasculate him to be powerful. Right. So... There's abuse of all kinds nowadays. Well, there's it's, so know. much stuff going on. It's like, where's the spinach? We need... We need where? more of your music, Tori. Spinach. <laughs> <laughs> more music. <laughs> and uh, what a great signature. Now it's worth millions. Oh, Jerry. Say, ah, stop. <laughs> okay, let's play another video. Okay, what do you want to see? Um, something really fun. Okay. Just play something so fun. And totally yummy. Uh huh. Oh, there's so like many. Like the yummiest chocolate chip there ever was. Mm. Did you make chocolate chip cookies and eat the raw dough too? No, but I, I eat them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it when they're like, you know, real yeah, gooey yeah, yeah, inside. Yeah, gooey. Yeah, it's the best. Mm. And the chocolate's dripping and melting. gets all over your hand. And you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, what a great time again here on the show. So thanks a lot for thanks, coming Jerry. down. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> So that's uh, Tori Amos. Uh, you know, when I started this show, I misled you. I actually lied to you. And uh, let me explain that. I said there were two interviews, but as I was digitizing tapes, I found another Tori Amos interview, and this is interview number three. Welcome to a very special edition of JBTV. This week on JBTV, the podcast, guess what? It's part number two with Tori Amos. Now, as I was digitizing tapes, I didn't realize how many different times Tori actually stopped by our JBTV studios. And I, I also found this interview right here from 1996. Are you ready? Sit back, relax uh, with one of our favorite artists, uh, Tori Amos. You know, Tori... I went to a few of her shows now, and uh, it is so great. She is so emotional and passionate on stage. What she does with her piano and her beautiful voice and the lyrics, you know, they, they touch so many people in so many different ways. And JBTV for the past 38 years, you know, I've always wanted to get the good music out there. The, the artists that deserve airplay, you know, over the years we've had so many of them and uh, so many memorable performances. And so what I've been doing is I've been digitizing tapes 
uh, while I've been recovering from my open heart surgery. And I'm finding all these awesome interviews that nobody has seen since, you know, the 90s. And uh, we're in the year 2022, and I think it's time to expose some of the great music. So here it is, part number two with the amazing, the beautiful, the lovely, the most talented, the most inspirational of artists uh, around, Tori Amos. And here she is in a special interview from the year 1996. So here we are. Welcome to another edition of JBTV. One of our favorite artists of all time, Tori Amos, is here for the third time now. Hi, Jerry. How you doing? I'm good. It's good to see you again. And you're looking better than ever. I mean, you know, every time I see you now, you're just the best. <laughs> oh, thanks. It's funny because um, we should tell them we were talking before you and I have in our chat mm-hmm. about the tour and how um, it's funny you just have to keep your energy level up as you get older. All those uh, ice cream sundaes kind of catch up with you. Uh-huh. But they catch up right here for me. <laughs> I like hot fudge sundaes myself. I love them. I love anything. Anything without nuts. Oh, so you don't like nuts at all? Um, not usually. I mean, the whole concept of having a peanut sprinkled all over. But I like peanut butter cookies when they've just come out of the oven and they're falling apart and they're it's nice gooey. And, gooey, and yeah. they're all smushed up. When nuts are smushed, then it's good. But mm-hmm. sprinkled on top, forget it. <laughs> we also have to remember that. Yeah, we'll remember. <laughs> so you're doing, what, 200 shows this year, you were saying? 200. Wow. I think actually just a little over because we seem to be doing a lot of double shows and um, those haven't been counted mm-hmm. when they when they figure up how many you've done. Um, and there seems to be about a double a week. Tomorrow night we're doing a double in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Are you going to like it in Milwaukee? Laverne, I used surely. to live there, yeah. 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 Well, they still, you know, have a little thing going there. Do they? (laughs) Sure. No, but. (laughs) Do they have like a um, Laverne and Shirley gift shop or something where you can buy? You would think as a tourist bureau that they would do that, wouldn't they? I'd be going there, totally. Yeah. So you have like back uh, copies of the shows and stuff? Do you know, I don't have back copies of anything. So if you have any, you can (laughs) pass over. All I have are the back copies of JBTV for you. Right. But you have access, Jerry. I know you do. I know you have accessed it almost anything, yeah. <laughs> but when it gets to the big time movies and stuff and, yeah. and TV series, nah, they don't, uh, you know. I'm sure you could trade, though. Mm-hmm. There has to be, I don't know, some porno for pyros or something that one of those movie executives really wants to watch and trade you for. I'll have to work on that. Yeah. Laverne and Shirley, the lost episodes. That's right. For Tori. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of a lot of those old TV shows that you can't get anymore. But they're all being recycled now. They're all these like uh, like Nickelodeon and all these different Nick at Night and all these new TV channels that are coming up now. They even right. have a sci-fi channel now. It's amazing. Do they? Yeah. I was actually watching it last night for the first time. I thought it was pretty cool. Because yeah. I'm into that stuff, you know, aliens and extraterrestrials and, uh, you know. Yeah, but is it, it, are they good programs, Jerry, or is it like bogus kind of, do you know what I mean? Is I know it, exactly is what it you a, mean. the hardcore information, or is it just trying to be a bit of a dangling sensationalism? Well, it's like they got the Nostradamus things you see occasionally on TV with the predictions, but yeah. they never talk about the real predictions right now that we care about. It's all, well, back here and back then. Right. You know, they're good at the backs, but, you know, the, the stuff in the head, I don't uh, see too many people predicting too well. I kind of think um, 
it's funny with tarot or with a lot of um the television specials that come out about anything that's quote unquote pagan they seem to go really lightweight mm -hmm. they don't really get into neil gaiman you know neil who writes for the sandman he is well he is the sandman writer and um i think sometimes he's the sandman actually <laughs> but um we've talked a lot about how um, American television, opposed to, say, British television, doesn't really go into a subject matter in a hardcore way, so that you get information that isn't just, you know, Encyclopedia Britannica. So you really go to people that live this stuff mm -hmm. and know a wealth of information about it that would really blow your socks off. And that's what's so disappointing, I think, about television, is if you've got people that really live this stuff, um, that's the thing. The advertisers don't want them on television because they know too much. They'll talk about UFOs if it suits whoever the advertisers is mentioning no names now, purpose, mm. so that it doesn't threaten their belief system. But once you really bring the people that know the stuff, uh-uh, they're not going to go that far. That's a shame. We're getting just little it itty bits of uh, knowledge. It's not good at all. Yeah, but isn't it funny how those that are in that kind of power make the public think, no, we're really open-minded. But all they do is they kind of appease. They put a lid on something mm -hmm. by giving you just a tiny bit of information that isn't that interesting. I mean, you kind of know it. And they over-promote stuff. Like, you know, you'll see the stories maybe like a minute long. And there's like four minutes of promos. Right. And, and it, like they act like you're dumb and you don't know what the actual answer is, you know. Is Di leaving for Chicago? You know, when she was in town a little while back, the, the princess, you know, was here. No, I know we had a hard time getting to the show yesterday because... Oh, um, because of that? Yeah, because the traffic had to get stopped and everything. But um, I mean, <laughs> And she was late, too, you know, for the airplane. She got like 10 minutes ahead of time, you know. Like, you know, you and I, we have to be there, what, an hour usually? Yeah, yeah you know. Well, of course she's late because she had all this traffic blocked. <laughs> but I mean, I'm actually a die fan. But I find, um, like you were saying, the commercials and just the idea that they're telling us more than they really are. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't watch a lot of television at all because I don't think that you get enough information. And um, there is a lot of information out there. You're going to have to write a song about this. You think so? Absolutely. What I what I was thinking about doing is if I had the time, I re I'd really like to make a video of people I've met, you know, oh. physicists, medicine women, um, people from the from the rainforest in the Amazon that mm -hmm. have um, worked with ayahuasca, which takes you to Vision Quest, um, similar to what was in um, what was the, the Emerald Forest, the movie when when they. When they went on Vision Quest, they would take a vine and drink a vine. Mm -hmm. And um, it's where you really went in and faced some of your... Um, it's almost like a shaman's death, you know, where you go in and face some of your deep fears. And I know you can do that just by getting on the freeway, probably in Chicago every day. But I was thinking one day about putting a video together of people that have really had such an influence on me and put it out, because I've been really lucky mm -hmm. in that way, and put it out to people so that they could maybe see, hang on a minute, this is not, um, I don't know, one of the network's lightweight concepts of open-minded thinking. Mm -hmm. well, I think that'd be great. 
Yeah, I got it. And you can put like a little booklet along with it, you know, and all this stuff. And how to get in touch with some of these people and yeah. their and their works because there's so many great artists out there that just aren't musicians, you know, they're they're artists in other areas. That's right. That you know, we don't people hear. nowadays don't respect all the other areas. It seems to be, you know, whatever is, you know, like in the old days, if it, you know, people in those areas were respected more. Now it's like, you know, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's not like it used to be. No, no. Now they look up to, you know, like 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 uh, musicians and stuff. This is good for you, but uh, you know what I mean? Sports figures and all these different areas. Right. But the people with the knowledge don't seem to get the respect or the notoriety that they should, you know. It's strange because... Um, when you think about what, quote-unquote, the witches were, what their um, their role really was living outside the village mm -hmm. before they all got burned. So, uh -huh. so many of them got burned. And um, yet they had passed down this knowledge, similar to the medicine women or the medicine men in a tribe. And we go to doctors, we go to shrinks we go to a lot of people that have a bit of knowledge but there isn't kind of a um a role of the wise people mm -hmm. the people that have attained a certain amount of experience with their age and uh we we don't know where to find these people anymore although they're out there well it's all going to come back it's a big circle you know what's hot now is going to be you know not that good later. You know how that goes. Yeah, the you know? geriatrics. They're going to be hot. All these, all these cute little 19-year-olds. We love the 19-year-olds, all the models that are, you know, showing the us. 19, they're more like 15. It's more like, like 15. Showing us that you, if you eat anything but spinach, you've got to, you know, yeah. never get into those clothes they're wearing. <laughs> but um, fair enough that they've got that going. But I think we need the other end a little bit. Get some of these 70-year-olds, 60-year-olds that, that have this knowledge well i think in the future you know i think they should take the old age homes you know and make them like daycare centers for the young kids and unite the two because there's so much knowledge that the old people have you know that never gets talked to the young kids and you know the older people aren't going to abuse the you know if there's a daycare center they're not going to abuse the kids there and stuff you know so i think that'd be a good thing to do in most cases, they're in not going to be as... Well, you know, they may got, forget about stuff with... <laughs> where always, were those kids? <laughs> yeah, you've always got... Again, it's funny because, you know, you look at you look at some women, let's be honest, trying to be 20 and some men trying to be 20 that are 50 and you got to go, when did they stop respecting their journey? Mm -hmm. And yet how it's kind of how we throw this off on each other that the answer is the elixir of youth when it's like hang on a minute this saying i love this saying sometimes you have to trade your lines for wisdom i mean they mean something oh, i think so that's why i never dye my hair you know like i got gray and stuff so I'm, i like it <laughs> i'm not giving up my hair dye jerry that's the one thing i can't give up really i, I have I, to I thought stay you were, uh, natural, no the grill the grill <laughs> does not match me but I, I really have to continue this redhead thing, even when I'm 80. I mean, the redhead <laughs> really gives me a bit of a spring in my step. Mm -hmm. Well, you always look so great. So, you know, so I'll see some videos on the show. What do you want to see? This is your whole show again. You know. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I need to think quick. Um, see your stuff, you know, like uh, we had some stuff that we got uh, a while back that you did only in England that never got over here. Oh, did I? Yeah. Naughty me. <laughs> Well, it's a record company, I think, that did that. They said, well, we'll make two different versions of a video. Oh, right. You know. 
I didn't know about this, so I hope it's good. Oh, it's great. All your stuff's great. Well. We had some acoustic stuff. You did the Nirvana uh, Teen Spirit tune. Yeah, when did I do that? I don't know. Recently or a while oh, back? Oh, this is a while back. You're getting like I am. You're not remembering. Well, after what, 700 shows? Too much deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that stuff will kill you. So stay tuned. We have a lot more music here on JBTV, and Tori Amos is in the studio. And one of our viewers just came in today. See, I like that we got an email uh, oh. from John. He said, any chance of getting Tori on the show? Boy, that's quick. <laughs> and, Hi, John. And look at this. We got this just came in from Erica. I'll open it up so you don't uh, cut your hand or anything. Do you have your hands insured? I mean, for like, you know. Of course. Really? So you Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. That must cost at least 100 bucks a month. <laughs> well, Betty Grable has her legs insured. Some of those, you know, it's what I do. Oh, fantastic. Let's show them. This is from Erica. Please show to Tori. Erica's from Chicago. This is Erica. Hi. Thank you. See, our, we have the best viewers. You know, they draw pictures. Well, you see them all up here. Yeah. Have you shown? Do they know? Yeah. Do your viewers know? Oh, they, they see, see all this stuff every week. Oh, if so that, they, they get know. tired of it, they say, you know. Stop <laughs> showing your board, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it because this is viewer driven, you know, this whole show. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I like that. Uh, so you've been recording. You did a thing at the church at oh, the last yeah. thing, which was great. And I saw that EPK that you put together. And you're talking about the invisible thread that goes right through your body and then back around and everywhere else. And you know. When I'm paying attention, mm -hmm. I can tap into it. I, I tell a lot of um, performers that are starting out when they say, sometimes I, I don't feel like I can have contact with this energy. It, it comes and it goes. And mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just empty and it's just remembering that that it's truly an illusion that you're not in touch with it it's usually because you're tired or because you don't feel like you're good enough or whatever but all of us have access to the source this creative source i mean we're all um a part of it if we choose to be it's sometimes we choose not to mm -hmm. tap into it because I see a lot of times during shows, you know, because I used to shoot camera on stage and we tape different, con you know, different bands and concert and stuff. And something happens. It doesn't happen sometimes in the first number, right in the middle sometimes. That's it's, right. There's like you an electricity. Feel... I can't explain it. It's just, you know. Super speed. <laughs> something happens. And the spaceship just, it's like, okay, 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 batten down the hatches. Something's happening here. <laughs> it's groovy because it's happening in your body. Mm-hmm. I sort of just felt it just there, I, as you were saying it. <laughs> we'll see some more tunes. Let's see something of yours. Okay. What would you like to see? Uh, you pick. You pick. Okay. You pick. Because I like every one of them. I mean, I did an hour special and I still could have done more. You know? No, but I want you to pick. Okay. A special from Tori Amos coming up right here on JBTV, my personal pick. And then uh, we'll have a lot more music on your alternative show from downtown Chicago. <laughs> But you've never seen our show, have you, after all these years? No. Because you don't like much television. I don't watch television. Yeah. But you have it in your little tour bus? You have a, you have a TV in there? And... We have a video. And I just saw a movie. i got to tell you. I saw okay. Priest. Have you seen Priest? No. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, but tell me. You need to check it out. Uh, British-made movie. It caused so much trauma over there that um, oh, all sorts of stuff happened. I mean, I think... 
you know, people grew warts and stuff. Oh, in the priesthood? No, just the public. Mm. No, it's a you know, I was in a seminary, you know, I could have been a priest then too. You need to see this film. This mm-hmm. film um, had me in my chair mm-hmm. just glued. It really questions the whole matrix, the way that uh, the controls, the domination, the, the, the thinking, the arguments. It's something. I want to start a rock and roll ministry. I think that'd be a good one. Why not? You know, then you have every religion can go in, you know, and you have no rules. Just, you know, send us money. <laughs> well, that would be in keeping with the others, wouldn't it? Hey, that's perfect. <laughs> we need a new digital switcher <laughs> so we can do our television show. Send in a million dollars. But it is like that. You know, I watch sometimes the, the religious stations because I like I'm an equal opportunity TV viewer. Right. And all they ever talk about, they're not really talking about what it was all about it's like send us money and you know and then they got the guys that do the healing and stuff well you've seen it all you did you had that one religion with the with the the, the snakes and the, you know yeah yeah my father is is a methodist minister still he retired two years ago but i really grew up and his parents were both ministers both mm-hmm. his parents were disciples of christ ministers so um i i got quite a nice little Education, shall we say? Especially up in the steeple, if I remember from the first time oh, we were. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> when he used to uh, sneak people up there. Yeah. Yeah. That was good fun. Mm-hmm. But he must be proud of you now. He says, well, look, you actually recorded an album in a church. So, you know. I think he's an interesting one because on on one level, he knows that I'm um, quite committed to trying to pull this veil like that's been um that has shrouded what the intentions of religion are now some of them i think are quite righteous some of them are about um faith and trying to um spread love and be a loving person but a lot of that is is meshed in with like a tapestry the weave gets a little big business got involved well and control it can be even with a little old lady sometimes it's about if you don't believe this you are not my daughter you are not my son that you don't give freedom to somebody you love you don't honor somebody to the point where it's like you know what you have your right to believe what you want as long as you don't subject me to it and I don't subject you to it. Then we're truly in honor. Mm-hmm. And unless you hold that, in my opinion, you're not honoring another person. It isn't about true love. It isn't about freedom. And there aren't any religions that practice that. So as you you can see where I stand on the issue. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with you totally. It's, you know, what has happened? <laughs> Well, you can't even get it. You can't even go to a church. I mean, it's like they're locked up now. Remember, they used to be open. Your church used to be open when you were a kid, right? You could just walk in most any time of the day or night. I think they're vandals, though. I mean, there's there are a lot of sides to the story. Um, Again, it's funny because there's truth in everything, isn't there? There's nothing is all bad. Nothing is all good at this point in time. And so when you really start looking, that's why it gets so confusing because there are little parts of truth particles that you find and um it's a quest you know and the quest continues yeah. and we're in the studio with tori amos stay tuned we have a lot more music on our show
<laughs> having fun here? I'm having fun. Yeah? See, I never ask you any of the normal questions and things. Thank you know? God. Oh, thank God. Because they must ask you all the same stuff when you go to these radio and TV things. So, you know. Yes. Of course, I've noticed, though, on the TV shows that you've been on, and I try to catch, whenever I hear you're going to be on, like, you know, one of the late night shows or something, yeah. make sure I tune in because you're always so good, you know. But they never really talk to you that much on these. They certainly don't. You know. They come in and say, well, nice performance, you know. <laughs> I think they um, they think it's probably the wisest move on their part. Mm -hmm. Because if somebody's going to talk to me, I'm going to answer their question. And I think that with um, guests on a lot of these talk shows, they want you to play with them. And I would play with them, but I'm still going to have my point of view. Mm -hmm. And my point of view isn't necessarily something that they want on their TV. Well, I think you got a great point of view. Well, you and I kind of <laughs> <laughs> could go off to the Amazon together. Let's go. <laughs> Record a new album there. <laughs> yeah. The Amazon tapes. Amazon. <laughs> Except we need bug spray. We'd be wimps. Oh. You know we'd be wimps. All those mosquitoes, are you kidding me? We oh. would we probably wouldn't last thirty minutes, Jerry. Bugs really bug me. You know, like I lived in Florida for a while and they got these big cockroaches down yeah. there. Seen and, them. Yeah. I mean, but they're beautiful. I mean they're like they're works of art in themselves, you know, with their outsides, but you know, you like <laughs> That's a very generous way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> well they are though, you know. I guess they are. They're beautiful works of art that make you go, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not much of a bug person, so. And no. there are people, you know, that actually have cockroaches as, as pets and yeah. things, so, you know. But they're going to outlive us, you know. Yeah. When those churches are all uh, <laughs> torn down, there's going to be those cockroaches still uh, rocking and rolling, so to speak. Hopefully they'll find my shoe collection, though, because it's quite good. You have a big shoe collection? I have a really good shoe collection. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to thieve, if you're going to steal anything from me, <laughs> The shoes truly are mm -hmm. the way to go. We have to give these to like the rock and roll museums and stuff soon. I, <laughs> I'd rather somebody wear them around mm -hmm. than be stuck in some museum. They like to, you know, they like to. I don't know, like your piano and all. You still have the same piano now, the Busendorf? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but she you tra you trap that. There's one you keep like in Arizona or somewhere, right? Or she? Well, she's not in Arizona anymore. She's somewhere else. Um, she doesn't have the stamina that the one I'm... She was my first one, and I have mm -hmm. a real special connection with her. I know she's, you were saying it, you know, when you went to the store, and she was like a year old, and she was like kicking you, going, take me, take me. Oh, this is the other one. <laughs> oh, this is the other one. This is the one on the road with me all the time. Oh, so this one's actually getting all the action then. Well, she's she is not as um, delicate. Mm -hmm. The other one has a real special place in my heart. So I don't take her on the road. Mm -hmm. The one on the road is much more of a working. She can do the job. Mm -hmm. She can. The climate doesn't affect her as much. The other one, if you get her in the right climate, there's almost no piano better than that one. But she has to be in the right climate. Whereas this one, can she's much more adaptable, the mm -hmm. one on the road with me. So it's the same one for all these 700 performances or whatever? Yeah, she goes. Wow. But the other one comes with me when I record. Mm -hmm. And I and I have both of them when I record because oh, that, the other one. So you took it all the way to Ireland or wherever? Oh, yeah. Wow, that must have cost a fortune. Just a, you know, it's, I mean, a crate. And then you must have been worried about the flight. And You know, they have a little blanket. They get taken care of. <laughs> they, um, I have a great piano tech and harpsichord tech. I have a couple harpsichords and it's about really I love 
these instruments. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but you got to take care of them. That's the thing. They take a lot of upkeep. You mm-hmm. can't just let them sit there. I think anything, though, you have to, you know, if you respect the equipment, you got to, you know, take yeah, care Yeah, you got to take care of it. And uh, the acoustic instruments really need it. Mm-hmm. Now, have you ever done like, you know, they got like uh, some of these electronic things where they can, like whenever you play things, it'll, they can recreate it? Have well, you, uh... <laughs> I've played that. The, you know, Busendorfer has a big computer. Mm-hmm. So you can go to the Busendorfer showroom. I don't know where this was. I'd have to think. There's one in New York. There's one in Vienna. And um, they have this program of Oscar Peterson playing. Oscar Peterson, for those of you who don't know, is probably one of the greatest jazz pianists that ever lived. He's still alive, but he's really... And uh, you can sit and put in the Oscar Peterson program and sit at the boozy and it plays Oscar. You're watching the computer. Um, such nuances. It's not just like a player piano. They're mm-hmm. getting every little millisecond of his rhythm. And it's quite staggering just watching <laughs> it go. That's all happened, you know, since like the last two or three years that this technology is just, you know. They perfect, they, they're really perfecting it to a point where, um, my God, you don't even need the artist to go on the road anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to do that because <laughs> that's where you get your power from doing these cool live shows and the audience and the interaction. And yeah, everything. but what I'm telling you is if you want the truth, mm-hmm. people could cheat it if they wanted to. Oh, I mean like other, yeah the technology is such that people could cheat it. They just act like they're playing and you have the piano off to the side. Yeah. At your boots. And a lot of them, because there's so many tracks on on some of these records that are really involved, you have to know that, that it's a lot com- mainly computer-driven and maybe they're playing one part, but almost a huge part of it is being played by computers every night. Mm-hmm. That's been going on for a couple, few years, actually. And some of your big shows that have all this sound, they can't do it without that and make it sound like mm-hmm. that. So you can't really feel cheated because it would take 10 other people to be on stage with them playing. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. Especially for some of the musicians that do their own thing. You know, like there's a guy in town, Michael McDermott, that does a whole pile of tracks on his uh, album all by himself, too. So, right. You know. So I can see where you have to do some of that stuff, you know. But I don't think I wouldn't be cheated. <laughs> but with you, you know, it's not a computer running it, you know. Well, it's, no, I mean, it's obvious when you, when it's just one instrument or now Steve, a guy named Steve Caton's on the road with me guitar. You see every movement, you know, you would know if it wasn't live. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I, I mean, I, I do it because I get such joy in playing live. Um, I love to do it. It keeps me going. Quite obvious, too. It's great. <laughs> You're so, I mean, it's just, you know, it's such an honor having you here again. You know, it's, you know. Well, thanks. It's usually you. when stars get big, you know, up, you know, at these levels, it's like they don't like to come back to JBTV. You know, it's like, well, you know, and so you've been there stabbing Westwards, another local band that uh, that uh, gave us world premieres and stuff. So it's been right. great, you know. So we, you know, we support everybody, you know. It's funny, I think. People handle it differently, but um, it's a, it's an interesting lesson. Fame. It really can um, make you sort of cock your head sideways at things, and then you have cock it this way, and hopefully you cock it back. It's good to look at it from different angles, 
But um, I just remember being at the Grammys two years ago backstage. And I met a few, couple people that were groovy. Liz Fair was groovy. I mean, yeah, I met a few people where it's like, yeah, fair enough. Um, but for the most part, and Carly Simon was groovy, but I kind of, at the end of the day, went, this is it? The idea of what's on the other side in, quote-unquote, successful musicians, successful actors, you get on the other side at some of these parties and you just kind of go... God, if this is why I was doing it, I really need to rethink why I'm doing this because you don't feel any better. You don't feel like, oh, now everything makes sense. No, no, no. You just kind of go, God, I really wish I was with the crew, my road crew, having a Guinness watching <laughs> rugby because they're far more interesting than most of these people. And once you understand that, then you just kind of go, wow, it's kind of groovy that you can play your music for people who want to come. And it gives you a place to keep experimenting as a musician. And um, yet that's, that's kind of the end of it. You have your friends. Yeah, it's amazing stardom. Of course, I'm not at that level, so I don't know. Ah. <laughs> Although occasionally people come up on the street and say, oh, we love your TV show or something. You know? it's, a, it's a good feeling <laughs> for people to um, kind of respond to what you do. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. If, if that didn't matter to us, we'd sit at home in our living room and, and never make records or you'd never come here. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to come here. I, I'm here all the time working. I'd rather do this than anything. Because like you're saying, you go to parties and stuff. And, you know, it's a lot of this phony stuff goes around. Yeah. And everybody's working on these great things, they say, you know. And it's a lot of it's just talk, you know. And you don't know what to believe. Especially, I would think, when come up to you, they, like, embellish, you know. They write or embellish, like a David Letterman trick, you know. <laughs> David's very good, though. Oh, I he's mean, the best. <laughs> when you, the thing is, you have to give, you have to give certain people... Um, their expertise is their expertise. Mm -hmm. And I have, that's the one thing I've learned, that certain people don't um, achieve certain things without a lot of, um, you know, skill for that particular thing. Right. I, my best friend, Beanie, she'll say to me all the time, it's funny how somebody may be really so accomplished at one thing, and that's all that means. That means they're accomplished at that thing. And maybe they can make a good, I don't know, fudge. But um, we kind of give this power to somebody. Oh, my God, you're this and you're that. I think playing live shows helps you feel um, that there's no time. Even though you know that you had certain experiences years ago that got you to write Crucify. And I could not write Crucify now, just like I could not write Blood Roses then. Mm -hmm. And that's where you go. The experiences that you're going through in that time really kind of dictate where you can go as a writer. And you can't go back and you can't go forward. You mm -hmm. can only be... Be at the time you're at. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good that you have all this stuff. And everything, I got to tell you, all the videos you've ever done, you do them so well. I mean, you have such good quality and, you know, and they're all unique and different. So, you know. That's good. Mm -hmm. 
So you're working on a new one? Yes, <laughs> I just finished one. Oh, really? For which song? It's called Hey Jupiter, the Dakota version. Mm -hmm. I re-recorded Jupiter because two years later, I just felt like it had changed so much for mm -hmm. me. The way that um, the album version, I adore. I mean, it, it was how I originally wrote it. But I needed to give a different, the woman's version. That was kind of the broken-hearted girl's version, which is always dear to our heart. You know, mm -hmm. the the rainbow that never showed up. That's mm -hmm. that version. And this one is a bit more um, having gone to the other side a little bit. And I, I just wanted to do it. So I have a CD5 coming out, Hey Jupiter, the Dakota version. And... Um, with four live cuts from the American Lake on it. And the video I did with um wonderful director. Um, I think you'll know Earl, who did uh, the Fugees. Okay. Earl Sebastian. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know him or anything, but... <laughs> He's pretty magical. Mm-hmm. And uh, we... You'll see, it's... it's um, it was made in a house that was burning down. I mean, burnt down. Burning down. At the time, there was actually fire going on? Yeah, we we had fire people on the set. Uh -huh. and you know that excited But uh, you didn't have your piano in this burning house, did you? No, I didn't have my <laughs> piano, but I was in it mm -hmm. with it burning down. And um, that's very much how I felt the song is. Your dreams, everything is... You need to be phoenix out of the ashes. But a part of you, as something is um, melting away, it's uh, your illusions are having to break, wow. shatter about what something was. So it was quite a painful video to make and yet freeing. This this whole record has been that Boys for Pele. It's it's um, such a transitional time for me to try and let some of the heartache go and find my find my joy but there's a transition you know you can't you can't skip that step yeah. everything has its steps doesn't it yeah if it, we could skip it, it'd be so much easier just jump ahead <laughs> yeah but i don't think it's that thing where until you know feel it here it doesn't mean anything somebody can tell you information don't feel this way. You don't need to put yourself through this. And yet you're going to. Mm -hmm. You're going to pick up a phone that is not ringing, if that's where you are. Have you ever done that, like before someone uh, calls you? I've done that when they didn't call for two months. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's the worst, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, when you're, hey, everybody goes through that stage of uh, going nuts. Just, you lose it. Mm hmm Everybody. I mean, really? Yeah. yeah. I think everybody has their moments, if they're honest, where you just, um, you're going to try and find it anywhere, whether it's in a piece of cake or it's in a needle or it's in a loads of anything. It's like, make this go away mm -hmm. instead of, no, I better crawl into it because and understand it because that's the only way it's going to go away. And that's sort of what Hey Jupiter is. It's about dancing with the fire as the whole place is burning down.
You at the platinum level yet? Is that? Uh, it's um. It's close, with, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait because we got a little gold uh, CD out yeah. there, which is still in our lobby. <laughs> oh boy, trivia. Um. Okay, let me look oh, about this record. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Oh, what piano was used? <laughs> oh no, they're gonna know that. Oh. Should it be a little more difficult? Mm-hmm. Okay. I played three other instruments besides the piano that are all keyboard-based. Three others besides the Busendorfer. What are they called? Three others. And, of course, number one on the top is going to be the Busendorf, right? Yeah, but then there are three others. Okay. So, so they don't have to name Busendorfer. Okay. I play that. Everybody kind of knows that, mm-hmm. even if you don't know my work. That's an obvious one. So you have to get the three that aren't the piano. Okay. That are keyboard-based. <laughs> well, once again, it's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you, Jerry. And next time you're in town, and continue with your great success and, you know, all the airplay and stuff that you're getting. I think it's great. Come visit me if you're bored, yeah? Oh, absolutely. We have, like, so many shows left. It's <laughs> Only endless. 700 more to go. And, yeah, uh... <laughs> just come find us. Well, the last show I was at was just tremendous. It was uh, magical. And, and you, you can, uh, of getting all those people into a theater and then to get, you know, at some points it gets so quiet, you know, when you're playing. It's so great. You know, you know what I mean? Because you normally don't get that anywhere you go. There's always someone in the back going, even in a movie, you go, you know, oh, you know, like talking and making noise. And, well, you know. they have their moments this time. <laughs> they, they like to have a chat. They seem mm. to like to have conversations during the show. Um, and... Uh, it keeps me awake. Mm-hmm. You got to do the conversation song. Fair enough. Yeah, you know where you do a song and say, "Okay, now here's the point where you get to say, talk." <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's a good idea. I yeah. think I'll take you up on it. Yeah, the conversation song, <laughs> and that gets all the you know, and say, "Get all your talking out right now." 
Fair enough. That's yeah. very good, isn't that a good idea? See, you know. <laughs> okay. So they're, they're saying you got to go now because you got a sound check. Do you do sound checks sound for everyone? Check and wow. another show tonight. Wow. Well, do a great show. Thanks, Jerry. And you're the absolute Hug. best. Oh, yes. <laughs> Take care. Take care. Hi there. I'm Tori Amos. If you pull that. Absolutely. What? See what my talk about things? Look at I chew up stuff. I know. I do it too. J- really? J E R Y. J E R, whatever. What is it? It's just Jerry, J E R Y, yeah. Um, I chew, I chew toothbrushes really um, badly, you know, toothbrushes. Yeah, I crack like teeth and everything. That's right. The facial features? Gee, there's a little heart. There you go, Jerry. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, we're going to hang up this uh, viewer photo here. Why don't you sign that one too, and then we'll hang it up on the wall. Okay. So uh, for those of you out there that send us photos and stuff, look what happens. And so we want to thank our viewer for this. And it's going to be a permanent part of JBTV on our JBTV wall right over here. Mark can get a good shot. See, so look at this. We're going to stick it right up here, right beside this one here. What do you think of that, Tori? Is that okay? <laughs> Is this a good one? That's good. That's you, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I want to be next to you. Okay. So it's okay right there? Yeah. Okay. Well, here, hold this for a second. I'm going to get my uh, entertainer okay. viewers. I'm going to actually here. staple it right now. Yeah, well, we'll do it. There we go. Fantastic, Jerry. This is exciting. <laughs> so thanks again. Thanks, Jerry. Mm. You're the best. Soon. Do a great show as usual. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. A very special edition of JBTV, the podcast, right here on Pantheon Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed Tori Amos. And uh, Tori Amos was one of those special interviews. We had such a good time in the studio. And there's a lot of stuff that we didn't record. You know, like before the interview, we hang out and do stuff. And sometimes after the interview, we have, uh, you know, food brought in and we eat or whatever. But uh, Tori Amos was one of those very, very special ladies of rock and roll. And uh, she's still doing music now. She's just as good as she was back in the good old days. If not, better because she has so many more songs, so many more experiences to share with you with her music. So anyhow, that's the JBTV podcast right here on Pantheon Podcast. So till next time, it's Jerry Bryant from the Windy City saying bye-bye, stay high, but of course, keep on rocking and rolling with the best music, the best artists, and they're always right here on JBTV. There you go, the JBTV podcast, where we bring you the best music, the best interviews, and it's all unscripted and totally unrehearsed. Follow us on all the social media and spread the word. This is JBTV Music Television, the JBTV podcast. JBTV.